What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audio book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. I'm as puzzled as the newborn child. I'm as riddled as the time. Should I stand Amid the breakers, or should I lie with death my bride? Hear me sing, swim to me, swim to me, let me unfold you. Here I am, here I am. This is Blog Talk Radio, and I'm delighted to have with us today as our guest, pop singer-songwriter Jan Close. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to In Depth. What you just heard was the beautiful voice of my guest in a song from his album, Mosaic. Jan Close is an award-winning pop singer-songwriter who has released five albums and two EPs. He was raised in Kenya. South Africa, Germany, and the United States, and now resides in New York City. His new duo album, Stereo Opticon, in 2016, was recorded with Grammy-nominated guitarist Gary Lucas and lyricist Dan Beck, and it's now available on the Cosmic Trigger label. Gary and Jan will be touring together in spring of 2016. Close's most recent solo album, Mosaic, of 2013, entered the Roots Rock Charts at number 22 and won three 2014 Independent Music Awards. The record also made the first round of the 2014 Grammys in the categories Pop Vocal Album and Album of the Year. You can find the video from a song on the album Make It Better on YouTube. I'm delighted to add that I was makeup, hair, and wardrobe stylist, as well as production assistant for that particular video. Jan's voice is featured in the movie Greetings from Tim Buckley from Universal, and he has been uh, performing as an actor and singer in touring companies of several Broadway musicals and tours regularly in the U.S., Europe, Africa, and Asia. I am so excited to have Jan Close as my guest on today's show. Welcome, Jan. Hi. Hi, Jen. 
How are you? <laughs> Hi, Jan. So happy to have you here Hi. today. The number here is six four six. Thank you. I'm I'm so again, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh the number here is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. We love your participation. The number again is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. question i i um as a boy when uh we lived in i was raised in africa i was raised in south africa and we used to see a lot of um music a lot of south african music and and i would listen to the radio and tape songs off the radio and i remember very early on wanting to be a singer when i was about eight eight or nine and um you know, I never really got that kind of support from, from my family at the time. You know, they wanted me to, you know, get a real job, and uh, which I believe music is a real job. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was not something that I, that I was getting support from. However, when I became an exchange student and first came to the U.S., um, landing in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, I uh, the family that I stayed with there, that now lives they they live in in Florida now, but they uh, they were very very supportive. You know, I think I remember this moment when I uh, I used to listen to um, Prince songs and and kind of sing along to them, and and at some point someone was like, oh, you have a nice voice. Why don't you, you know, join the choir and join the show choir? Do you know? get into some of the activities in the high school and uh, I did I thought you know that was a that was a great thing and and 
I went out and bought like a cheap little Casio keyboard at Kmart or something and started tinkering around with that. And um, that's how it, that's kind of how it started. And then I started writing songs and almost immediately I started making up songs. I was making up songs before that, but just, they were just in my head and I would sing them to my brother. He was my only audience at the time. And, um, you know, I'd say, Hey, check out my new song. I'd start singing it a cappella. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I started teaching myself keys and then a year after that, I, I, uh, I bought a guitar or a gift. I was gifted a guitar actually. And, um, I really had no idea what I was doing. And I just started teaching myself guitar and, um, playing along to songs and learning chords and, and, uh, you know, bit by bit started to play out. And, you know, we used to, I had a buddy who I hung out with in, in Hamburg in high school and we used to hang out in the subway stations and, and play, you know, all these like classic rock tunes and folk tunes and, and pop songs and Beatles and whatnot. And, um, you know, we were just having fun. And it just like one step, you know, one, one thing led to another. And eventually I, um, I started getting serious about it in my twenties and, and, um, studying voice and got into classical music and got into jazz and got into fusion and, um, really started thinking about music as a, as a lifestyle and as a, as a job. And then when I moved to New York after school 14, 15 years ago now, I I started auditioning for shows and Broadway shows and theater and just anything. Like I would go to three, four auditions a day and uh, wow. got work almost immediately, like after two months in New York. So it just one thing led to another, but it was a, it was kind of, a, I kind of got a late start, you know, because I never really got that support when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Wow, I love what you just said about music as a lifestyle, um, mm-hmm. because yeah, because it it that really stood out to me because so many people think of it, you know, as a work or or whatever, but you know, but I've never heard it referred to that way, and it, that's so true. Music as mm-hmm. a lifestyle. So I I love that. We're going to listen to another clip right now, and I am delighted to be offering this one. I feel terrible cutting that one off, um, but it's just such, it's so beautiful. It just shows off your absolutely beautiful voice. And it's called Still from the album Mosaic. 
And one of the things I love so much about your beautiful voice is that you don't use you don't have to use auto tune. You have a real voice. Um and I have so many favorites when it comes to your songs. Um one I have always particularly loved was uh, Mother Said and Father Said. Mother Said, Father Said. And that's based on the story and your impressions of when your parents split up. So uh, mm-hmm. would, you mind, would you mind telling us a little about that and how it formed that song, if, if, you're, you know, if you're comfortable with that? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, when we lived in Johannesburg, my parents divorced. I was eight. My brother was five. And um, it was a pretty, it was, you know, like most divorces, it was nasty. And this one was particularly nasty. And um, my uh, grandparents actually moved to Johannesburg and lived with us in uh, in uh, Linden, in the neighborhood of Linden, where I just was, I would just went back there for the first time in sept- last September to play wow. shows. And I, I was back in that, back in the house that we lived in and, in the neighborhood and at my, at my school. And, you know, so it, it, it brought back a lot of memories, but yeah, they, they helped raise us. My grandparents did. And then we lived with them. My brother and I lived with them in, in Hamburg in Germany. And the song didn't really come until much, much later. I was living here in the, in New York and I, I'd always wanted to write about it, but I didn't know how it was very difficult because I spent so much time just dealing with it as a, as an issue, you know, as something that I wanted to, you know, get, get control over in a way, just try to understand, you know, why it happened and, and how it happened. Because when we grew up, we got different stories from everybody, you know, like we were kind of put in the middle of it and everyone told us a different story. So that's what the song is about. And I started to realize that that's what I wanted to write about was the, the, the confusion that was created. You know, we weren't, we never really, it was kind of a surprise. My parents never fought in front of us. So when they one day just sat us down and said, we're splitting up, it was a total surprise. You know, it was like a shock and we never really, there was never, there was never any buildup, you know, (laughs) you know, there weren't any like, uh, there wasn't any uh, 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 silverware flying across the room, and you know, <laughs> plates, and there weren't any. There wasn't any screaming and any arguing. You know, it was very weird. It was very subdued. So when that happened, it was just very confusing and shocking. So when I when I finally got to the point where I felt like I had dealt with it to the point where I could open up about it and write about it as a as a as a singer and songwriter. I wanted to write about that part because that was the most confusing part, you know, because we just weren't, we were kind of left in the dark and we didn't really know what had happened and what not, what had not happened. And there was all this back and forth. So that's the lyric mother said, father said, because we were hearing one story from one side and another from another, from the other. And then everyone else, you know, so it was a big mess, Mm. but, um, but that's, that's why, uh, that's how that came about. Well, I've always been very touched by that song. I mean, aside from the fact, I mean, the lyrics and knowing what it meant to you and what the song was about, but also it's just so beautiful. So I'm going to play, of course, a short clip from Mother Said, Father Said from the album Reverie. Sitting in, I'm happy you while I'm sliding down your attention span. 
counting on I might land on solid ground Solid ground But you're a million miles Ahead of me You won't be turning back I should be running along Stop the clock from turning While picking out Won't you wait for me Won't you wait for me Okay, so there that was from Mother Said, Father Said, uh, from the album Reverie, and I highly recommend <laughs> that if you have a chance to, to purchase these albums or at least to listen to the music on them, please do. Uh, so you mentioned before that you were born in uh, Germany, Mannheim, right? And uh, yes. you spent many of your formative years growing up in South Africa and that you came to the U.S., uh, Cleveland, as an exchange student when you were about 15 mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And then mm-hmm. you finished, you went back to, I guess, Mannheim to finish your your schooling, your high school. Is that correct? No, it was, you know, it was Hamburg. We we never lived, I never lived in, in, Man, in Mannheim. Oh. My mother's family is from there. But uh, we were living at the time across the Rhine River on in Ludwigshafen, where my father still lives. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we, the, apparently the reason I was born in Mannheim was because it was the hospital that was apparently better, and it was uh-huh. just a you know a drive across the river. So this is what I was told, you know, like it was a it was a it's a bigger city and. You know, the facilities were nicer, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, let's get that, uh, you know, let's get that done over there. But, uh, mm. yeah, so then after the exchange student year, it was one year in, in um, on the west side of Cleveland, I was back in Germany and finished high school there, and it was Hamburg. And, mm. um, yeah, I um, that was a that was a great, great, fun, crazy time, you know, where I really just started figuring out, you know, what it meant to, to be a musician, you know, that was really the beginning of it all. But but uh, it was high school, you know, high school in Germany and then civil service. And then I was back in Cleveland to go civil to school. Civil service? Mm. Yeah, at the time you could, uh, uh, instead of a military service, which was, which was then still mandatory, uh, mm-hmm. you could uh, instead be a conscientious objector and do a civil service instead. So I worked for a year, year, year and a half with um, uh, muscular dystrophy patients. And um, oh, wow. that was very, it was a, a very, um, very interesting time. And you know, a lot. I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious. Um, I want to get back to a, a previous question I had, but I'm, I'm really curious because I know you do those, um, those concerts or you've done these concerts um, that that have something to do with epilepsy awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I'm wondering if any of that is um, is is directly related or indirectly related somehow uh, to this work that you did with muscular dystrophy patients. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I I love getting involved with organizations that 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 help others you know if i can use music and you know my music to to um to lift somebody up you know that's mm-hmm. that i think that's a gift you know because that's what music did for me 
That's why I became a musician because music was an escape. You know, it was a way to get away from all the negative stuff that was happening in my life. Mm. And um, it was just, it's always been something that I wanted to do. I've, I've just gotten involved with two more foundations, um, one based one based in Philadelphia and one based in Boston, you know, that do various charitable uh, events. There's one that I'm playing in Philly, actually, on May 23rd. It's on my uh, website, if, if anyone's interested in, 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 the, in the Philly area listening. Um, but, yeah, they, it's a, an organization called the Peaches and Cream Foundation. And they're using that song "Make It Better" that you played earlier as the as their theme song, and we're doing a golf outing and raising money to do after-school programs for for at-risk youth. So I'm very happy to be involved with them. And oh, uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's always just it's I, I don't know. It's it's it feels it's something where, where I feel like I can reach I can reach people that I haven't before, and I also feel like it's a good cause and. Um, you know, it just it makes it it makes it more worthwhile. You know, I mean, you can play a lot of shows and you know, it's it make records and do this and do that. But like, when I get involved with a with an organization like that, I always feel like there's more. You know, it's another layer of um, that that it gets added to it than just the music. Absolutely, I, that's wonderful that you do this work. I'm curious, you. Um, and I, I'm sure our listeners are, you know, that we know that you were born in Germany um, and spent some of your formative years there, but that you also were living, you know, you were raised also in, in Kenya and South Africa, and, you know, you also spent a year in the States when you were uh, a teenager. So how did all of that come about? Well, my dad worked for a German company called BASF. He's retired now, but, uh, you know, at the time he was, um, in sales, and because his English was so good, he got offered an, an overseas sales job in Africa. Mm-hmm. And the first one was in Nairobi. And, you know, he was, uh, I think he took that, uh, took advantage of that because he loved to travel. He still does. My, my dad still hangs out in, in, in Kenya um, as much as he can now that he's retired. And uh, he took that job and, and just, you know, took my mom and me. And we, I, I was probably not even a year old when we, when we, uh, when we left and just took everything and, and left. And uh, that was just like the way we were brought up. And then my brother was actually born in Nairobi. And five years later, we moved to Johannesburg. He was, he was transferred to a different office. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was just something that we were, that we were just used to, you know, it was never, it was always about just, you know, going on to something else, you know, and getting on a plane and, you know, traveling to here and, and there. And it was just, it was just part of our lives. And I, mm. I, I always think that sometimes I, I think that that is part of the reason that I, I have this travel bug, you know, I just, I love to, I can't sit still very long. And I love to travel. I love to see the world and meet new people and see places I've never been to. I think it's part of the reason I became a musician. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I was, was going to I say, just, having been one earlier in my life, yes, that's it's very important yeah. to to be comfortable with that. 
That's fascinating. And so, of course, I mean, it's hard for anybody listening who doesn't know you to realize that English was not, well, I wouldn't necessarily say it wasn't your native language, but um, but that you are a native German speaker and you speak German uh, beautifully, obviously, but you also, you sound you sound as though you were born here. Um, mm-hmm. So, and do you, I, I don't even remember, do you speak any other languages besides English and uh, and German? Uh, my French is so-so, you know, mm-hmm. and then I've been in New York for 15 years, so my Spanish has gotten a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I studied in school. I studied Russian for three years. I studied, studied Latin for six. I mean, not that Latin is a spoken language, but you learn a mm-hmm. lot about language and how it's sure. languages, Western languages are structured. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, Afrikaans, when we were kids, you know, that was mandatory in the, in the, in the school that I went to, the German mm-hmm. school. And English was... You know, we started English in second grade, so so there was always other languages, and mm-hmm. I love I love languages and I love writing, and uh, you know, I was an English major and art major in school, so it's it's just something that I I um I really it was always there. You know, I was I was very lucky to be in that position. That's wonderful. You know, I just want to remind our listeners that we would be delighted to hear from you if you'd like to call in and ask Jan any questions or just any comments at all. The number here is 646-716-9397. Again, that's 646-716-9397. Uh, You know, I just want to take a moment for our sponsor, and here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products, which include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audio book with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at Audible audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now here are some audible books related to today's topic. Bedsit Disco Queen, How I Grew Up and Tried to Be a Pop Star, written and narrated by Tracy Thorne. Musicophilia, Tales of Music and the Brain, by the wonderful Dr. Oliver Sacks. And this is Your Brain on Music, written by Daniel J. Levitin and narrated by Edward Herman. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. So I guess we could call this part two <laughs> of our interview today. And just to remind everyone, if you're just uh, tuning in now, I am interviewing the wonderful and extremely talented pop singer-songwriter Jan Close. So Jan, um, I, I know that you have uh, a new album coming out, and we will be discussing that in just a moment. But I wanted to take a moment to play another one of my favorite songs, a clip from that, 
And it's there is a music video uh, of this song too. It's called Doing Time. I walk the line, the arms of time, change the day, turn the hour. I'm in a maze, nobody here, no memory left, disappear. I look for the days I remember, a heavenly peace of my from the album Reverie and as I mentioned Doing Time can also be found in a delightful music video on YouTube uh, Jan uh, as we mentioned or may have mentioned before that you have some background performing in, mu- in Broadway musicals and their touring companies so I wonder if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that their touring companies so I wonder if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> so I, I wonder think... if you wouldn't mind telling us a little Are you there? I think we just lost Jan so, uh, for a moment. And while I wait for him to come back with us, um, I'm going to play another clip. It's called, it's from another one of my favorite songs. It's called Question of the Heart. I fish in the river, but I can't find the answer of answer here tonight. It's cool in the sunlight. I Touch your face I cannot hide I feel this redemption I realize I shed this skin I All of the angels Spread their wings All of the strangers Take these precious And I feel the question of the heart I feel the moon Long before they started Neither the one nor the other side I cannot find So we have Jan back with us And I want to hi. apologize to our Hi Jan, I want to apologize to our <laughs> listeners I think we were having a, a little bit of 
technical uh, challenge there, but everything seems to be fine now. And I just want to mention that was Question of the Heart from the album Reverie, another one of my favorite songs. I have so many, Jan. I really do. And you have such a beautiful voice which I'm sure that, um, you know, our our listeners are, are well aware of by listening to your gorgeous, gorgeous voice and, these, and your talented songwriting. So I had mentioned um, before, I don't know if you wanted to talk about your background in Broadway musicals just quickly, um, you know, in, that you have some background in Broadway musicals and touring companies. So you want to just yeah. talk, tell us a little about that, please. Sure. So, yeah, like I like I was saying earlier, when I first moved to New York, I thought, you know, all right, I gotta, I just gotta sing, 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 and learn and perform and do as much playing and singing as I can. And the the musical theater world and um, the acting world just kind of, you know, opened up to me, and I just decided, okay, I'm just gonna do this and see what happens. You know, see where it takes me. And I would go to these auditions. I would go to two, three, four, sometimes more auditions in a day. And I was able to get work pretty quickly. And the first show that I was casting was the Who's Tommy, which was uh, had just gotten, I think it just closed on Broadway and it was doing, it was a regional production and it became a national tour. And I, I got the part of the pinball wizard and I, became the I was the the Tommy understudy and it was just great it was a really exciting thing because I would I'd only been in New York for a couple of months and I got this gig and I was super excited that that was even possible you know to get paid to sing and it was just like it was was eye-opening and it just felt like I could you know that it was real it became real you know it was like wow Mm. you know go to New York Mm -hmm. Go audition and get a gig. You know how amazing is that? And um, it's just so a wonderful thing. So, what other shows then, were you in? Yeah, then I I also got uh, the Jekyll and Hyde national tour at the time that was um, was on Broadway, and then I was in Jesus Christ Superstar in Europe. We did a tour. Oh there. wow! And uh, that was yeah, fun. And those were those were the those were the ones I did. And then I I met a producer and I started. I made an made an EP and things started, you know, going into a songwriting direction. Oh, fantastic. So tell me, Jan, who were some of your biggest musical influences? Oh boy. I mean, they're really all over the map. I, um, you know, early on, I, I think I listened to, listened to a lot of different stuff, you know, from Earth, Wind and Fire to Billy Joel to, to Iggy Pop to, to classic rock and jazz and folk, Joni Mitchell, Prince, Zeppelin, and then you know later now I'm like now I'm like I listen to a lot of uh, I'm listening to a lot of different stuff. I right now I've been listening to the the, the latest Bowie album, you know the last Bowie record, uh, Black Star. I listen to that a lot. Mm. A lot of Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar has been you know on my on my player for for a while, and uh, the Shins and Kate Bush and I mean really just a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of different stuff. Yeah, and I listen to a lot of the. I discover a lot of music through touring, so Mm -hmm. I discover a lot of singer songwriters that tour, you know, constantly. That kind of live on the road, you know, like I do sometimes, and Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we become friends, and I get into their music. You know, Um, I mean, it's it's wonderful. You know, like Barnaby Bright and and. 
you know, there, there, there's so many. There's just, just so many. Well, I know you also uh, do some work with um, Annie Haslam uh, of Re- yeah. Renaissance, yeah. and um, so, and how did that all come about? Uh, this was a, through a compilation album that we were both on. I had a Question of the Heart from Reverie was on there. I did a recording for this. It's called it was called Serenity House, and they were raising funds for a, a hospice in Philly or outside of Philly. And she was on it, and Ian Anderson was on it, and a bunch of other people. And I I sang at the CD release party, which which they did at Puck in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And Annie came up to I had no idea who she was. And she came up to me afterwards and said, I really like that, and, you know, we should do something together. And I was like, okay, sure. She seems like a nice lady. <laughs> Little <laughs> did I know that she was, you know, this this uh, progressive rock female singer icon. And uh, they had had huge success with, with Renaissance in the 70s and 80s, toured with Electric Light Orchestra and whatnot. And uh, I got into their music, and I just loved it, Renaissance. It was just beautiful. And I became... We became really good friends. We still are. We started writing together. I opened for Renaissance on their reunion tour and um, do shows with Annie. And we've, we have this song that we wrote together that's going to be on my next solo album. And, uh, yeah, she's great. I learned a lot from her just about the business and, um, you know, what to do, what not to do, who to talk to, who not to talk to. <laughs> oh, you know, that's like, very helpful, isn't really, it? <laughs> yeah, very, very. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even more important, you know. Who do you who do you say no to? How do you say no? You know when everyone yeah. when everyone's looking for a yes, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's yeah it's it, she's great she's wonderful she has she's really she's one of those people that has endured over the years and and kept it going, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very hard you know and like the business is so screwed up with uh, with how you know the money has just could like you know gotten totally sucked out of it because of the mm-hmm. internet and downloading and whatnot. But, um, yeah, she's one of those folks that, you know, I, I actually was able to help her as well with with crowdfunding, you know, which is something that I've always done because I've never known the business to be any different than it is now. Mm-hmm. When I got into it, it was already on a steep decline. And uh, so I, I really, I helped her a lot with crowdfunding, with their Kickstarter campaign. And, and um, yeah, we just, we, we bounce off of each other all the time, like, you know, about how to deal with the business and the people in the business and people that have been in the business a long time and people that are just getting into it. And, you know, it's really, it's a complex world. It's very complex and it keeps, it keeps getting smaller. You know, the longer you do it, the, and if you hang in there, you become successful eventually because it's really, it's really about hanging in there, you know, because if you, if you can, and if you can make that happen, then you'll, you'll get there, you know, if you have the talent. And uh, so it's, it's a journey. Absolutely, and I love what you said that you know music is as a lifestyle, but it's also a business, and that's one of the you know a lot of times people go into the arts, and that side is you know they're not necessarily great entrepreneurs, and it's a very different business than it used to be. It's gone are the days where you know you just went out there and somebody basically promoted you, so unless you can hire them mm-hmm. basically. Someone, you mm-hmm. know, you have to do it yourself. You have to be a great entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. that's something that you also are very talented at. So, I mean, it's 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 quite an undertaking to create and have yeah. and maintain a music uh, career. 
It's like a Mm -hmm. music business, as you're saying. So, um, you know, one thing I notice about you as an artist, you have, you aren't, you're not stuck in one style. I mean, you have beautiful, beautiful lyrical songs and melodies, but you have things that sound a little reggae, like, you know, doing time is a little, there's a little bit of that going on behind it. You have some, something, you have things like um, make it better that are really upbeat and up-tempo, and you have a lot of really beautiful ballads, but I notice that your style changes from time to time. So how do you keep that openness and that freshness as an artist? You know, I think it has a lot to do with how I grew up and listening to different styles. And I was never, I was never afraid of, of, of style, you know, I just, I, you know, I would, I think there's only two kinds of music, good music and not so good music. So really, you know, and when you look at anyone's, you know, music collections today, it's people listen to all kinds of music. You know, people don't just listen to rock music. You know, I mean, some people just listen to metal, you know, whatever, but like there's Mm -hmm. really, there's so much music out there, you know, and if you start mixing that up, I think you open you open up your mind, you know, you can, music really is about communication, you know, and if, if, if something mm-hmm. hits you and, and you, you get a, you have a, you get a feeling out of it and you feel something, you know, then, then it's for you. It doesn't matter what style it is, you know, it just doesn't, you know, if it speaks to you. And I've always felt that way about music and I never wanted to limit myself when it came to style for better or for worse, you know, that's, it's, a lot of like industry when I was first starting out said, you know, you're not this, you're not that, you know, you need to figure out who you are. You need to, you need to, you know, decide on one thing, you know, and I, and I was like, Oh, do I really, I do. Okay. Well, how do I do that? Cause I can, mm. you know, like I want to, I want to write the way I write. I want to create the way I want to create and why not? You know, so, so it's, it doesn't fit into your box. Okay. Then, you know, so then let it float. You know? Well, you know what, Ed, I, listening, uh, knowing you and listening to you speak, um, I think part of it is a part of the reason you don't have to be pigeonholed like that is that you actually studied voice. You really, you have a real voice. You sang in an opera chorus uh, for a while. You've done mm-hmm. Broadway shows. You've done so much, and you're very, anybody who knows you or maybe just listening to you can tell, you're extremely intelligent. You're well-educated. And so, and you're well-educated when it comes to music in that you've, you have quite um, a background in just listening and hearing, and you have an open mind so that you don't have to be niched. You don't have to be pigeonholed. So many singers today don't even really sing. They, you know, everything can be auto-tuned, and they need to have um, kind of a branding so that they can be packaged and sold, and that's not something that you require in order to be out there. You have a real voice. You create music. You write music. You're, you're, you're an instrumentalist. You play guitar and beautifully. And yet, I know on your latest album, um, I believe you're just, at least in the videos I've seen, I believe you're, you're, you're not playing, you're singing. So I'm, I'm curious to know what projects you're working on now. Sure. So the current the the record that I that just came out 
is uh, called Stereo Opticon. I partnered up mm-hmm. with Gary Lucas, guitarist Gary Lucas, um, of um, Jeff Buckley, Captain Beefheart fame. Uh, Jeff, uh, Gary and I met uh, um, at a Jeff Buckley tribute, and we hit it off, and we started writing together and just had fun doing it. So we made a record together called Stereo Opticon that, that uh, came out on the Cosmic Trigger label. We're actually doing a couple of CD release parties this month and early next month with, with the record, one at the Stephen Talk House out in the Hamptons on April 30th, and then one in New York City at the Cutting Room on May 2nd. And uh, everyone that comes to the show will get a, get a copy of the record. That's included in the ticket price. By the way, how's my picture? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, so that record is, you know, it's been really fun to do. And uh, we had uh, Dan Beck as a lyricist on six out of the ten tracks. Dan mm-hmm. used to work at Epic. He was... Um, he was VP of marketing at Epic for a long time, 20-some years, and uh, worked with Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross and Sade and Pearl Jam and, and then ran the V2 label for Richard Branson and signed Moby and lots of other folks. So it was great working with those two on, on this project, and that's like, we're in the middle of that and you know the, uh, the CD release coming up. And then I'm also writing songs with Anne Hampton Calloway, who I became friends with, after performing with her sister Liz Calloway, and uh, we started writing together. I love writing with Anne; she's wonderful. And um, so that that stuff's going to be on my next solo record, which I'm hoping to start working on this summer. And um, then I have a movie also that another movie that I have that I'm in and that I have. It's a documentary feature, an Australian document documentary feature film called A Venue for the End of the World. That's coming out. That just came out today. And wow. um, I have two songs in that, two songs off of Reverie, Clouds and The Beginning. And uh, so that's uh, that's kind of it, like right now, that's, you know, what's going on, which is plenty. And then, you know, touring is always, I'm always working on putting together tours and and shows. That's great. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, one thing we didn't mention is that uh, it, it was, I don't think we really talked about the Jeff Buckley movie that you were in. Right. Yeah. That's uh, called Greetings from Tim Buckley. It's a, oh, Tim it's, Buckley. It's Excuse not, me. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the movie's called, it's, it's really about Jeff and his father, mm-hmm. Tim, you know, who was a famous folky in the, in the 60s and 70s. And Jeff, you know, in the 90s with his album Grace. They both died very young. Um, Tim died at 27 and Jeff died at 30. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this movie called Greetings from Tim Buckley that Gary is in as well. Gary Lucas is in as well. And I'm the singing voice of Tim Buckley in the film and play guitar. And, uh, yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful movie. It's It's very – it's sad. Um, for obvious reasons, but um, it's beautiful and the music is, is wonderful. Dan uh, Daniel Algren is the director, and it stars Penn Badgley and Imogen Poots. And it's on Showtime right now. If anyone wants to 
Look it up. Mm, I highly recommend it. I saw it in the theater, and it's wonderful. And of course, I mean the singing. Your singing, I you know I because I know your voice. I could always tell when it was you. But it was absolutely, really, the music is wonderful. The singing is wonderful. It's I I highly recommend this movie. So um, I'm curious, Jan, what advice would you give someone who wants to have a career in music? If he would give advice at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard, you know. It's it's a very it's a very tough business and you have to deal with you have to be good at dealing with people. You know, I think that's the one thing that I would that I would say and you have to understand the business. You know, you don't have to understand all of it right away, but it's important to just chip away at it and understand how the business works, how the money flows. And right now there isn't a lot of money flowing. It just isn't, you know. I mean like even like streaming revenue cannot nearly keep up with what what even downloads used to sell, you know. So we're dealing with like a secondary decline. You know, it's really messed up. But what's really important, what's most important, is that you have to be a live performer, because that's the one thing that you can't get for free yet. You know, even though there will be there's music, there's people, you know, playing music at every corner in New York, you know, or in in Austin and in Nashville and you know, you you that that's always going to be there, but but the the revenue is what needs to change, and so I think I would like to tell anyone that's that's getting into the business to look at the old model and look at the current model and understand it because I think what we need to understand as musicians is that we have the power to change the business again, but it's going to have to come from us. It can't come from the industry because the industry has for too long um, not been able to, to adjust really, and has been very slow to adjust. I would say the movie industry has been better about it. They learned from what happened in the music industry and, and got into the, you know, the streaming revenues and the, the way that the industry models were set up with the internet they learned from it and did, did a better job at it than the music business did, the industry did. So I would say, you know, learn what the business is about. Understand contractual language to an extent. You don't have to get it all. You know, you can always ask for help, but do what you can to understand it yourself and and hang in there with it, you know, because – if you if you give up, there's going to be someone standing right behind you that'll go, "I'll do that gig," you know, no problem. Mm-hmm. So if if you hang in there with it, you'll get there, and you have the talent, you know. It, but you have to hang in there with it, you know, because a lot of there's a lot of talent out there, and uh, but it's really the the longevity that 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 we're after, you know. It's like I want to be doing this in 30 years, you know, when I'm old. I want to be able to go up, be able to go up on a stage and sing, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm in it for the long haul, you know. I've been at it for 15, you know. So it's it's um, it's really about hanging in there. Well, I know that since I've known you, your career has really, you know, grown even more. So you're a really good um, testament to to what you're what you're saying here. And I'm just curious also. Um, what advice would the Jan Close of today give the Jan Close of 1995 or thereabouts? Don't worry so much. <laughs> <laughs> don't, 
don't worry about the future. It's all going to be fine. It's going to work out. Just work hard and be kind and, you know, it'll work out. But, yeah, totally. When I was starting out, I was just, I thought it was just going to all magically happen, you know. And that's not going to, that's not the case. And everyone was telling me that, but I I refused to believe it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was young and dumb. Oh, well, you were young. I don't know about ever dumb. Oh, so my goodness. You know, know, the proverbial. Yeah, you were young. You were I mean you're still young, yeah. but you were even younger. You were very young. So I'm Thank seeing you. that we're getting close to the top of the hour. Um so I want to thank my fabulous guest, Jan Close, for being on the show today. Jan, it's been a real delight for me. I'm Jan Jaffe and it has been oh, thank you. It, it yeah, has it was been great. my great. It was really fun. It was fun. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, thank you. Uh, It's been my privilege to have been your host today, and I want to just take this moment to offer our listeners a free 30-minute discovery and strategy session. And for more information, you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at forwardtosuccess.com. You're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. In addition to my solo interview show, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion, and I would be delighted if you would join us for the next episode of Think Tank on April 27th at 12 noon Eastern. So, Jan, would you care to share any closing thoughts, comments, website, concert, album, video, or contact information with our listening audience? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we mentioned most of what's going on. This was a busy month with shows. I'm I'm going to Nashville for the first time and playing down there in a couple of weeks. That's going to be fun. But yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, find me on Facebook, you know, friend me, like my page if you want. And I'm on Twitter as well. I really, I like, I'm into social media. So if you're, if you like to, uh, if you like that stuff, Instagram, all that, all that stuff, um, follow me and say hi. I'm, pretty easy to find and and uh yeah you know come come to a show go out go out and hear music that's what we need that's what musicians like me and my friends and my colleagues need we need you to go out and and listen to live music you know because that's where that's what we do that's why we're here oh and Jan is such a great performer, really. You'll have it's like a party when you go um hear Jan perform. I as much as I love your albums, I actually I love um I love the 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 con- the live performances even more. So Jan, uh, just uh tell our listening audience if you would mind uh, your your website, how they can find sure. you online. Sure, it's janclose.com, J A N N, like Jan Jaffe, but it's Jan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's close, oh, and close K-L-O-S-E. is K L O S E. Yes, sorry. That's it. dot com. Yeah. Jan Close. Everything's there. Fabulous. So thank you so much, Jan, and thank you for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed having you with us, and it's been such a treat. And I want to remind our listeners that all of our contact and bio information is listed in today's show description. So if you haven't been able to write things down, you can find the information there. And I'm just going to take a moment to announce a few of our upcoming shows. On this, the Life Coach Radio Network on April 13th at 12 noon, in-depth with Jan Jaffe. I will be interviewing the fabulous Ava Diamond. Uh, She's 
she's uh, in demand around the world as a motivational speaker. And on April 16th at 10 a.m., The Audacity to Shine. On April 17th at 9 p.m., Mark My Words with Certified Life and Business Coach, the fabulous Mark Shaw. And on April 20th at 12 noon, A Physical Therapist Perspective, Why Movement Leads to a Long and Healthy Life. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, on April 4th, um, oh, we already that already passed, so I'm going to just, that one, I'm not even going to mention that one. So I want to again thank my wonderful friend and guest, Jan Close, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. We'll be going out today listening to a clip from the song Jewel Julia from Jan's most recent album, Stereo Opticon, and uh, you will hear... Um, on guitar, you will hear the fabulous Gary Lucas. So thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. She's a beautiful force of nature, princess of firelight. Julia never takes prisoners. I'm the man laying the price In the light of a flickering candle We met in the quiet cafe I played my cards like a hustler In the warmth of a French cabin With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.